In the name of the true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So here we find ourselves. Uh, you, you have the headings here. I have the same Bible. So you see that the baptism of Jesus just happened up above four. The temptation of Jesus, because after he's baptized in the River Jordan by John, the baptizer, he goes out into the wilderness, spends 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, see Lent, it's coming soon, uh, when we will spend some time in the wilderness, uh, paying attention to the way that the Spirit wants to get to work in our lives in preparation for Easter. So Jesus is there tempted in the desert because he's getting ready for something serious, namely his public ministry. So you see the heading, Jesus begins his ministry in Galilee. He calls the first disciples by the Sea of Galilee in a town called Capernaum. Uh, I was there with 25 parishioners two weeks ago. Amazing. Some of you are here. Um, and there we were looking out over the Sea of Galilee, the same lake that Jesus would have looked across. Remarkable. If you ever can go on this pilgrimage, uh, go. So Jesus is calling people to follow him. And then Matthew's gospel tells us uh, that Jesus ministers to crowds of people, 423. Such crowds, because he's going all over the place into synagogues, that people, Matthew tells us, from Syria, uh, from Galilee, from the Decapolis, Jordan, Judea, all over the place, great crowds begin to uh, follow Jesus because of his teaching, because of his healing. And then chapter 5, the Beatitudes. So Jesus sees all of these people from all of these towns, and he goes up what Matthew calls a mountain to give us the Sermon on the Mount, which actually runs to chapter 7, something like verse 29. Don't quote me, just look at the Bible and you'll figure out where it ends. But, you know, two, three chapters of the Sermon on the Mount. And what's funny, we were on the, the Mount uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it's a hill. It's a nice size hill, but it's not a mountain, which has us wonder, why is Matthew calling it the Sermon on the Mount, what does he want us to think about? Have we ever heard of a story of an important person in the Bible on a mountain? See Moses. And what is Moses doing on that mountain? Receiving uh, the law from God, the covenant, that is forming a people around God's word, right? A people to shine with the light, a people who are to take responsibility for God's life, God's love, God's mercy in the world so that people will see their life and be attracted to it because they discover something joyful about this life. So here on a, a mountain, Sermon on the Hill, Jesus, God's word made flesh. God's word in the flesh. So he's not just a mouthpiece for God. I've heard a word from God like Moses and I'm here to tell the people this is the son of God. So when Jesus speaks, it is the word of God. When Jesus acts, it's the action of God. And he's gathering a community around himself, giving something like the new law, something like uh, what Moses gave to his people in this Sermon on the Mount. You might sit with it this week, read chapters 5, 6, and 7, and read the Sermon on the Mount in its entirety. Because what's going on there is Jesus is establishing uh, this new society inside of the old society. 
He's not wrecking the other necessarily. He's just creating a new one. It's a new culture, a new kind of people. And it's staggering for us to think about uh, what the church becomes uh, that, that history had never seen before. Jesus opened up a strange new kind of society that cut across religious lines, uh, it, it cut across economic lines, uh, it put a, all kinds of people together that had never been together before. And we sometimes lose the strangeness uh, of what it is that we're sitting next to each other gathered in a church this morning. That Jesus has opened up this new society that never should have been. We shouldn't be together right now, but for what God has done in Jesus, breaking down dividing walls, writing his law of love in our hearts, uh, as he teaches us his commandments, as he gives us his spirit to come to life in us so that we become his body. And so that people all over uh, the world come to see this strange new society called into existence, cutting across all kinds of divisions that we're not supposed to cross over, racial, social, economic, and see some kind of joy, some kind of new way of being human coming to life in us, that you at least want to say, what's going on? One of my favorite stories about this, I had a parishioner back in Atlanta, young guy, recent Princeton University grad, was managing something he was too young to manage, but was quite good at it um, and really smart. And one of his coworkers, um, not a Christian, had never grown up around the church, had very little understanding of any of it, uh, recognized in this young man something just qualitatively different. And why do you, why do you uh, move around the way you do? You know, why do you deal with adversity in just what seems to be a slightly different way? Maybe you even deal with some anxiety in a different way. And he was brave enough, 20, 23, 24-year-old, to say, because I go to church. <laughs> and, and, you know, he was a convert to Christianity, having not grown up at all around the church, in college, which gave him, you know, some courage that some of us cradle Episcopalians might not have, or those who've been in church all the time to just say, my life has been changed uh, because I turned up on the mount, on that hill, and have been listening to what Jesus says, and it's changed my life, uh, and I'm learning this way of being human. And, and sure enough, a year later, I had the great privilege of, of baptizing uh, his coworker who started coming to church. Uh, that's what it's about. That's the kind of joy, life, difference that Jesus wants to make uh, for us, in us, as we become his body. Now, uh, the, the portion of the Sermon on the Mount that we get to this morning, really simple stuff, right? You know, no anger, lust here. Um, this, is, this is hard, it's hard teaching. Uh, and, and, and here's something that I wanna lift up for us, is that it is less, I think this is right, it's less about a prohibition about things you should not do. If the, we need the law to tell us that, right? Because we're a lawless mess of a people. We need the law to straighten us out. Don't do this. I think Jesus is less giving us don't do this as he is drilling down into the habits of our hearts. What kind of habits we have in our hearts 
and wants to get to work on those with his grace, with his mercy, with his truth, and make a new kind of people in us. Are you going to be angry? Yeah. Are you going to be lustful? Yeah. Jesus isn't saying that you're not going to be. <laughs> He's just saying, learn how to speak the truth to each other. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. Let, this, let the spirit of truth that I'm giving you, breathing into you, come to birth in you. And you, church, learn how to speak the truth to each other in love. Uh, learn how to be reconciled to each other. Learn how to forgive one another. And I'm going to call you into a life of the kingdom, his kingdom, that is so exciting, so full of joy, so captivating, uh, that you're not going to have time to sit around and just be angry and lustful anymore. You know? So it's less like let's navel gaze and think about, gosh, why am I so angry all the time? You get over that. Look, at, look to Jesus and look to the kingdom. There's, there's a fullness of life. There is water being turned into wine. There is abundant food left over. There's a vision here that's meant to catch us on fire on that hillside with all those disciples that says you're just not going to have time for those pettiness, that prejudice, that anger. You know, fellas, get over your lust. You can't divorce your woman just because you want to, you know, because you're lustful. That's boring. It's boring. I have something more exciting for you. Pay attention. I think that's what Jesus is getting at. There's just going to be a community together uh, that's going to turn the world upside down. And we're not going to have time for some of these uh, old ways of being human anymore. And here we are, friends, with Christians across the globe this morning, all over the world, uh, with Christians across time, you know, millennia of people who've come along the hillside, on Sunday morning, this is what Christians have done for 2,000 years, to gather to listen to Jesus, listen to his word, listen to him, watch him, see what he's doing, because there we discover what God is doing in our lives, coming together for the prayers, coming together to break the bread. This is what our ancestors in the faith have been doing every Sunday morning for 2,000 years. And you know what happens when we come here? Not only uh, do we hear from Jesus and see what he's doing, but his kingdom, this new way of life, breaks into the world. And Lord knows we need it to break in every day, certainly every Sunday, to be reminded that something has been launched in the midst of human history uh, that is just staggering to wrap our minds around, and it's changing our lives. It has changed it. It will change it. So as we break the bread, as we say the prayers, uh, as we listen to Jesus on the hillside, uh, we have everything that we need right here. We have everything we need because we have Jesus among us calling us into this new life. What did uh, we hear from our Old Testament reading? I said before you, life and death. Choose life. It's right here. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.